Yeah, so I'm from Cut From Above. I think most of you might have known something about what that is, maybe more than me. I, it's been five years. In one week, it's our fifth anniversary, so uh, I'm still working it out. <coughs> um, it's, um, it, it wasn't a deliberate sort of start, Cut From Above. We, um, I got... Uh, this bloke hit me up to be a silent partner in a cafe in Aspley and um, I got roped into this deal and it was um, it was a scam just because he needed some money and uh, I ended up with this cafe in Aspley um, and I prayed <laughs> I thought well I didn't I obviously I pray I should have prayed earlier and maybe I <laughs> and then I wouldn't be here right now talking about it <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I remember sort of sitting there and just going, well, Lord, I don't know how you could use this place, uh, but you know, I give you permission to use this venue and me uh, to bring about your kingdom in Aspley. And um, yeah, it was the worst prayer ever. Um, <laughs> and just stuff started happening. People started coming into the cafe um, in all sorts of crisis situations. And they'd be ordering a coffee and then say, oh, they just blurt out, I'm going to commit suicide. I'm like, oh, wow, you know, and then we'd sit down and end up chatting to the dude. And um, that was, you know, we had a lot of those sort of ones. And we had, there's about a dozen fugitives actually on the run. Um, so it was literally a refuge, um, so like, like where people... Um, <laughs> In the, in the literal sense of the word, it was a refuge for fugitives. And several times I'd have to, they'd come to, you know, repent or whatever from whatever they'd done. And we had like murderers through, you know, all sorts of stuff. And, and we'd pray and then, look, man, we, you really need to go talk to the police now, you know, and do you want me to come with you? And then we'd go down and, um, and you know, and then we'd sell coffee. <laughs> um, so it was just, we wanted it to be a social enterprise cafe. That's, um, I don't know if everyone knows that word, but the idea like a profit for purpose, like a business that we just made really great coffee and uh, people would buy the coffee and then we'd use those profits to help out the community. And so we've set up now as a, as a, ch a charity. It's not a Christian cafe. I sort of make a point of that because a lot of people go, oh, that's the Christian cafe. And it's not. We've got atheists, agnostics, we Satanists, um, left and right wing on politics. Like we've got sort of everyone, um, all members of the community. It was a, it, the idea for um, every member of the community in, the, in that geographic area was allowed and encouraged to be a part of it. Um, but, you know, I'm a Christian, and so I was bringing my faith as just an individual member of the organization and the, and the community. Um, and so that's kind of, that's the idea. I don't know, it's pretty complex explaining that, but I, that's, that's the best I can do without sort of you, you guys seeing it. Um, yeah, and so just every day, so we measured it. Um, it was two to 11 every single day uh, for five years, <laughs> uh, crises um, of your know, various needs that people come in. Um, and so some things were as simple as we'd have like, right at the start we had these young blokes um, that were coming in and they were wanting to learn coffee and I'd been working in disabilities and 
um, like social work. And so people were coming in to like, um, they just they were unemployed, they wanted to help out and learn coffee. So um, in between doing everything, I'd teach them coffee. And uh, Blaine, a friend of me and Dion's, um, that I just realized we had a mutual connection. Um, he taught me how to make coffee and, and he was pretty good. And, um, and then I sort of just um, passed that on to the guys who were learning coffee and um, to, who would come to us to learn coffee. And, um, and they started getting jobs and it was like, oh yeah, cool. And then we had a politician like about six months into it, they said, oh, um, said something about our barista training program. And I'm like, our what? <laughs> and we were just doing it, you know, like, um, and they were getting jobs. And in their perspective, it was the most significant thing we we're doing. So we have a barista training program too, apparently. <laughs> and that, that's become a thing. Like we've, we've got a, a really intense exam called the Jedi Barista exam. Um, we had some uh, autistic, young autistic blokes and they, you know, they're right into Star Wars. So that was the name it got, the, the Jedi exam. And uh, so they start as a uh, barista Padawan. <laughs> uh, so we got 60 people jo 61 people jobs in um, five years. And like, we didn't have, like it was, I had no money. So when I started it, um, I, like the last of my cash was taken by the dude. So he gave me his personal bank account details and all my money like at that time uh, went into his personal bank account and um, he, he took off with that cash. So when I got it, it was in debt. I had no money and it was running at a loss. So it was in debt and going, getting into more debt. <laughs> uh, and that's how it all started. And every, and it, in, in five years, it, oh, I made one, it made cash in one month out of five years. And so what's that? Um, so 59 months, uh, it ran at a loss. And we would just pray every month and people would rock up with cash and donate and, um, and I'm standing here now still talking about it. <laughs> pretty wild. Um, to the point where like it was, it was pretty ridiculous. Like I, my car was going to get repossessed about two years into it and the, I'm on the phone to the bank and they're like, oh, that you know, you've missed two payments now. You got to pay X amount of dollars. And they're like, oh, when do you expect that you'll be able to pay that? And I'm like, man, I, I, I don't know, hey. And then this, this lady walks in, hands me an envelope. I open it up, like while I'm on the phone, and it's the exact amount that the, um, that the bank. I'm like, oh, it um, it just came in. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, yeah, right. <laughs> I, like, <yeah. laughs> like that, that <laughs> I had a bunch of stories like that. Uh, it was pretty wild, eh? And like, so just God kept on providing. And every time I went to give up, I'd be like, Lord, if you want this to continue, you're going to have to pay for this. You know, or, you know you're going to have to provide like emotional strength or like someone to do a certain thing, you know, to get through, a, you know, to do what we do. And every time God provided, I needed to work um to pay back the debt and just to live because it wasn't paying me any money um so i had to go up to the coast and I, I was doing work in disabilities for the first six months and um so i'd leave the cafe i oh i would need to leave the cafe 
And so the, the previous day, I would pray and say, God, well, I've got to work tomorrow, so you better send someone. Like, not like a faith-filled prayer, you know, like um, it was like indignant. God, you better send someone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and uh, in five years, we were shut three days. So, yeah, it's incredible, right? It's like Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. Um, I, I had Chris coming tonight. Um, he's sick, um, and so he's not here. Uh, he's, he's one of the great success stories. He, um, Chris was a local drug dealer um, in Zilmia, so did, like, but you know, he was all around in our area. If you guys don't know Aspley, like you've got Aspley, Zilmia, and um, it's one of the neighboring suburbs. And um, yeah, he was one of the local drug dealers. Um, he's got an incredible story. Um, um, an angel of the Lord visited him in Zilmia while he was um, in a really bad place. He called out to God and God literally sent an angel. When he told me, he's sitting in the cafe telling me, I thought, this, this dude's tripping. Uh, I'm going to have to call the police and um, have him arrested. And, um, he kept, but he kept saying the same story. And he was, he was instantly, instantly delivered of um, his crystal meth addiction. And he was bad. Like, he was full on. And no, it's... You hear of it, but it's pretty rare to be instantly set free of an addiction. Um, well, he's the only one I personally know. Um... Yeah, now he, he preaches. <laughs> He's gone like last week he um, spoke at Albany Creek Uniting Church. And um, we've just, um, actually I didn't mention that. Two months ago, uh, Cup From Above was evicted. <laughs> uh, so Cup From Above became homeless and uh, we lost our building. Um, the owners were particularly nasty about it. And it was just another thing. We're like, God, you're going to have to provide if we're going to keep this going. And I kind of let it go. And we... Um, we got given a store in the valley and we've just lo- relaunched Cut for Rav in the valley um, in the last week. We're, and the aim with this is just to run it as a great cafe and to continue our charitable work in Aspley, where we've been the last five years, um, and to help crew like Chris. And now Chris, so not only is Chris preaching, we were there... Um, Burbs was painting this. Actually, I think it was when this photo was taken. Um, James is a, a mutual friend of mine and Aline's. And, um, so he was painting this. It was a Friday or a Saturday night. And Chris was with us. We had another guy who was just come to the Lord who'd uh, just done four years in prison. And he was hanging out with us. And then two young blokes walked into the cafe while the painting was going on. And... I said something, Chris got chatting to him an hour later, um, Chris sort of says, oh, Adam, can you come and pray for these guys? And I was thinking, oh, like, you know, pray for their knee or something. And I'm like, oh, you know, what for? And he's like, oh, they want to give their lives to Jesus and stop taking drugs. I'm like, yeah, right, okay. <laughs> we can say that prayer. So, and that was Chris's first two salvations, so while this was being done. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Hey? And I love seeing that, um, the second generation of that. For me, on a spiritual level, right, um, Cup From Rub is in a cafe. The cafe is just a front or, you know, it's just the business component and, and the business does some cool things. Um, but for me, 
Calvary above has been an orphanage. So, and, and spiritual orphans come to the cafe, seek, they're looking for their heavenly father. And for me, that's, that's the good news. Um, and we, we kind of lose sight of like, what's the good news? Oh, you're going to hell. God loves you, but you're going to hell and you've got to go to church. So you, do you want to come to church? Uh, that's not good news. Like, <laughs> that's what we get stuck in here, right? Like, and there's a lot of Christians just get like, caught up on the theology of what you've got to do to get it. And that's not the good news. We've got the most fatherless generation the planet has ever known. And God presents himself all throughout the Bible as a heavenly father, a loving father who wants to adopt us. John 14, 18, I will not leave you as orphans. Um, and when Jesus is asked about you know, the Lord's prayer, he doesn't present it as uh, my God in heaven. He says our father in heaven. And he uses it in the plural that it's we praying to our heavenly father um and so i think that so god offers us that he he wants to adopt us um in ephesians 1 says that he predestined before the foundation of the world uh to be adopted to sonship more or less (laughs) paraphrasing Um, and that's the good news. And that's nearly everyone at, um, who has come to Cup for Love, the staff, um, and all the people, like 2 to 11 every day, they're all spiritual orphans looking to be reconnected with their Heavenly Father. Um, and so that's really what it is. Cup from Above is an orphanage, and it's reconnecting people with their, their Heavenly Father. And I think that's, I mean, and Cup from Above is just a cafe. It doesn't, it's meaningless, right? The, the Christian mechanic can do the same thing. The Christian accountant can do the same thing. There's, we've all got jobs, uh, but there's like a spiritual thing that we can bring to wherever we go, We're in our workplaces, our homes, in a third place, like cafes, whatever, that um, people are all looking to hear this and to be reconnected to the Heavenly Father. In 1 Corinthians 4.15, it says, um, let me get this right, um, though you might have 10,000 teachers, you have very few fathers. Therefore, um, uh, I've I become a father to you like Christ Jesus. This is Paul chapter Timothy, I think. Um, and it's, it's, it shows that relationship of, of um, fathering people into the faith. And so for Chris, Chris had this beautiful um, supernatural encounter with an angel coming in and um, like supernaturally delivering from, from drugs addiction um and everything that came with that uh but then he came to the cafe and then we would meet together every week for two years now and um i would sort of you know just nurture him into the things of of god you know and he's barely been to a church um in terms of like you know a temple um but we would meet together um once or twice a week for two years and now he's at a place where he's like spiritually mature and able to like pass that on. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm about. Thanks, guys. Cheers.